0: Alawapa friends, welcome to Scattering Angels on this 14th day of honor, the year 175 of the Badi calendar, January 13th, 2019. I'm going to read a chapter to you today from one of my favorite books. It's Prescription for Living by Ruhia Kanu. This chapter on my book is from page 119 to 125. The title of the chapter is Habit. Water gradually makes for itself a channel. As it flows, the channel deepens and widens. To get a river out of its bed into a new course is a big undertaking, and yet it has been successfully done by man over and over again. Habits are channels in our way of living, and they may be good or bad. We may have sloppily allowed our personalities to follow every line of least resistance, the way water does, and encumber us with a host of bad habits, or we may have pushed our characters into good ways. Whichever it is, the mere fact that human beings, like every other form of life, are intensely habit-forming is a great asset to us. Society has itself formed very bad habits. It is full of prejudices. In some countries, like the United States and South Africa, race prejudice is very strong. In others, like India and England, class prejudice prevails. In others, like Arabia and certain Catholic countries of South America, religious prejudice predominates. Nearly every state has some form of national prejudice. These, coupled with many other extremely bad social habits, or one could more correctly call them asocial habits, are holding humanity on a low plane of existence. They must be overcome by our attacking them, both personally as individuals and on a large scale as groups, through educational programs, publicity, enlightened propaganda, legislation, and so on. The fact, however, that we are creatures of habit is one of the greatest assets we possess, Habits, both spiritually and physically, are an advantage to us. They can be mighty tools with which to carve a more worthy image of ourselves. Our capacity for doing the same thing over and over again until it becomes second nature is our pillar of strength and one of the greatest factors in our progress. This, coupled with our wonderful innate adaptability as a species, gives us at once an elasticity and power possessed by no other form of life. It would be no exaggeration to say that there is nothing human beings cannot do, nothing they cannot be. So great is their ingenuity, their ability to pour their talents into new channels, to adjust themselves permanently to new situations. Man alone, as a special as a species, lives in the icy wastes of the polar regions, the barren steppes and deserts of the arid zones, and in the depths of the equatorial jungles. Usually in one generation, but if not, then in two generations, the most primitive man can be civilized through change of environment. A child that has been brought up naked in an African village can graduate from Oxford University, with an Oxford accent and all the trimmings. He would probably forget he had ever been a so-called savage if people around him did not remind him of it. What has happened to him? That most wonderful of all materials, the human soul, has cast itself in a new form, and the form has new habits. The easiest time, naturally, for people to begin forming habits is in their childhood— The brook, never having flowed anywhere, just bubbling up fresh out of the ground, is ready to flow in almost any direction open for it. If a normal child is directed immediately into good habits, such as truthfulness, courage, uprightness, honesty, courtesy, affection, kindness, industry, and so on, it will start out with a strong, fine framework on which to add the other adjuncts of life such as a career, education, hobbies, and human relationships of its own choosing. If it gets a poor start, is raised in a degrading atmosphere of crime, sin, inharmony, lying, prejudice, hatred, or ignorance, it will naturally begin by being handicapped by bad habits. The personality will have dug a lot of wrong channels for its self-expression. And yet how often we see the noblest types of individuals rising up out of the mire of a horrible childhood environment, where all the doors were open to the forming of evil habits, the soul of the person has reacted, and discriminating between what is clean and precious and what is filthy and degraded, has poured itself into habit patterns diametrically opposed to its environment. Often the opposite is true, A person who was born with every advantage of good environment, good example and opportunity for self-betterment, goes to the dogs. These exceptions to habitual patterns of behavior are due, however, to another element in our lives, free will, the force that enables us to deliberately choose a right or wrong path of behavior. Strong as habit is, it hinges on a pivot that pivot is willpower. The engine that every man is born with, ready to his hand, to be hitched to a thousand tasks, is his will. He can want to do something, and that wanting can be strong enough to carry him through earth, air, fire, and water. Habits can be changed through willpower. New ones can be hewn into your life pattern, no matter how old you are, through willpower. How often we run across the platitude. The patient must want to get well. And yet it is true the will must pour the life interest and life energy into the channel of health. Psychologists know that patterns can be destroyed and new patterns built up in both our minds and lives through willing. Choose a new habit if you find you need one and make choose a new habit if you need one and making up your mind that you are intensely adaptable that you have a wonderful force within you your soul which will throw its weight into the scales, and that beyond that force stands a far greater force, the force of God, which is seeking to help you to perfect perfect yourself and to progress and unfold into the full flower of your own highest potentialities. Push your personality into this new channel. The first efforts will be hard, most likely, for the force of inertia has to be overcome. You have to get yourself rolling, you have to forge a new shape into yourself, but every step forward brings a tremendous increase of power, and the force becomes easier and easier until it is a habit, and keeps itself going automatically. Or if you find a bad habit in yourself, set about about demolishing it. Perhaps the easiest way to do this is to think of what you would like instead of that habit. If you have decided to root yourself out of playing cards every night in the week or losing your hard-earned money betting on horses, make it easier by acquiring another habit in its place, the habit of reading of reading worthwhile books or of playing with your children and teaching them some useful habit, or of giving some of your time or your money to people who are having a bitter struggle in a hard environment. Above all, cultivate habits. Habits that enable you to know yourself better, to enjoy your life more truly and deeply, and to draw closer to the One who made you, and loves you as no human being ever can or will. One habit that is almost universally needed by urbanites is the habit of strength and endurance. City populations, far more than people who toil nearer to nature, for all their hard-boiledness and sophistication... Inclined to be weak, not necessarily physically weak, but weak-willed. They live an escapist life, they are filled with a thirst for diversion, for something to make them forget themselves, for anodynes for their unhealthy souls, to an extent that is appalling. And the city is a place of forgetfulness, the artificiality of the environment, the high tempo of activity, the network of amusements, each competing for highest place, in the public's appetite for oblivion, all tend to make urban people more decentralized from their true selves than those who live a quieter life nearer to nature. life for all its exhilarating activity and its power and vitality is still a stern business in many ways. sorrow tragedy, illness, death touch at some point every individual in every individual, millionaire or beggar. if you cannot feel deeply. Be it joy or agony of soul, you are not much of a human being, for to feel is the very hallmark of living matter. And if, when life is hard or suddenly deals you a bitter blow, you cannot stand in the fire and burn, eat your portion of pain like a man, enduring it rather than escaping it, you are not only a weakling, but are missing one of the finest things life has to offer you, spiritual discipline. Therefore, People should choose for themselves not only good habits, healthful habits, but also the habit of drawing up from the inner well of their, of their spirits strength and courage to meet and endure the ordeals of life. How tragic that very often it is in times of war, when stress upon the human character often reaches its maximum degree, that millions of men and women discover in themselves depths they never knew existed, When weary to their very bones, they find they can still go on. When frightened, in acute danger, witnessing death on every side, they discover that their little personalities, so unused to such horror and pain, pull themselves together and carry on with a fortitude and courage they never dreamed they possessed. This is one of the few good things war ever does for us it brings out our stamina makes us stand upright on our own two legs and say, I can and I will endure. This nascent heroism, however inconspicuous it may be in peacetime, is the glory of the human soul. It is not bodies that stand so much in wartime. It is souls. People form the habit of being daily unconsciously heroic. What a wonderful world could be built in the future if this were carried out into peacetime and this dignity and strength, begotten of danger and suffering, could become a habit, part of our permanent approach to the problems of life. I'm going to continue now with our reading of the hidden words of Baha'u'llah. Today, I'm going to read... Um. The hidden words 67 and 68 from the Arabic. O son of beauty, by my spirit and by my favor, by my mercy and by my beauty, all that I have revealed unto thee with the tongue of power and have written for thee with the pen of might hath been in accordance with thy capacity and understanding. Not with my state and the melody of my voice. O children of men, know ye not what, why we created you all from the same dust, that no one should exalt himself over the other? Ponder at all times in your hearts how ye were created, since we have created you all from the same from one sub same substance. It is incumbent on you to be even as one soul, to walk with the same feet, eat with the same mouth, and dwell in the same land, that from your inmost being, by your deeds and actions, the signs of oneness and the essence of detachment may be made manifest. Such is my counsel to you, O concourse of light. Heed ye this counsel, that ye may obtain the fruit of holiness from the tree of wondrous glory." And I'd like to close today with a prayer from the Baha'i Prayer Book. It's on page 128 and 129, and it was written by the Bob. O my God, there is no one but Thee to allay the anguish of my soul, and Thou art my highest aspiration. O my God, my heart is wedded to none save Thee, and such as Thou dost love. I solemnly declare that my life and death are both for thee. Verily thou art incomparable, and hast no partner. O my Lord, I beg thee to forgive me for shutting myself out from thee. By thy glory and majesty I have failed to befittingly recognize thee and to worship thee, Why, while thou dost make thyself known unto me, and callest me to remembrance, as beseemeth thy station. Grievous woe would betide me, O my Lord, Wert thou to take hold of me for by reason of my misdeeds and trespasses. No helper do I know of thee, of other than thee, no refuge do I have to flee to save thee. None among thy creatures can dare to intercede with thyself without thy leave. I hold fast to thy love before thy court, and according to thy bidding I earnestly pray unto thee as befitteth thy glory. I beg thee to heed my call as thou hast promised me. Verily thou art God, no God is there but thee. Alone and unaided thou art independent of all created things. Neither can the devotion of thy lovers profit thee, nor the evil doings of the faithless harm thee. Verily thou art my God, he who will never fail in his promise. O my God, I beseech thee by the evidences of thy favor, to let me draw nigh to the sublime heights of thy holy presence, and protect me from inclining myself toward the subtle illusions of aught else but thee. Guide my steps, O my God, unto that which is acceptable and pleasing to thee. Shield me through thy might from the fury of thy wrath and chastisement, and hold me back from entering habitations not desired by thee. Thank you for joining me today on Scattering Angels. I hope you'll take some time to um, ponder what we've read today and uh, that you'll join me again the next time. Thanks again.